Welcome to the Docs Who Lift podcast, where we distill and simplify the complexities of a healthy lifestyle, exercise, medicine, and weight loss. We're excited to bring you a podcast that's a prescription for clinical practice, scientific recommendations, and just real life. This this is the Docs Who Lift podcast. Hey, and welcome back to the Docs Who Lift podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Spencer Nadolski. I got my co-host, Dr. Carl Nadolski Jr. And with us, yeah, hey, hey. we have a fellow doc who lifts, Dr. Yes. Ange- Dr. Angela Fitch. She is the president of the Obesity Medicine Association. It's been a friend of ours for now quite some time. Long time. We've been going to it before it was called the yeah. OMA. Since you were a, a, a student I a, and, I, and I was a resident. And, a med, yeah. Yeah. I was just a little med student back yeah, then. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, I still don't. But she, <laughs> she, she, she. But I do. Yeah, but you do. <laughs> That's why you're on our podcast. Yeah. You, uh, Angela is, uh, we love Angela. She, she's also the chief medical officer of her new company, uh, known well. And, uh, I'm going to have her discuss why she uh, created this. Um, you're, are you a co-founder as well? Yes. Co-founder. co-founder? Yeah. Co-founder, chief medical officer, seeing patients, doctor. Amazing. And, uh, we're also going to go over it. She was just, uh, ran the OMA, the obesity medicine association, um, spring conference and we're going to get some highlights from there and we can also talk about the brand new surmount 2 trial that just came out and there's some confusion around there because people don't realize that it was done with those with type 2 diabetes as opposed to the surmount 1 which was without so anyway we will get in that so welcome angela thank you so much for coming on Thank you so much for having me. This is such a privilege. I feel like I've reached my pinnacle of my career because I've made it <laughs> yes. on the dock. I can now That's retire. It. Yeah. You, you, so we, we heard that you had mentioned our podcast at the Obesity Medical Association. Yeah. So that's pretty people, cool. 850 attending people at the OMA, wow. you know, our, our annual conference there, our spring conference. And and I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, big fan because I was talking about how we were talking about body composition and the yeah. importance of body composition. That was one of the themes I think that came out of the conference was mm-hmm. okay. sort of the idea around personalization of care and the idea that we need to pay attention to body composition, especially even more so, not that we haven't for a long time, but mm-hmm. especially as we get into more highly effective anti-obesity right. treatments. Yeah. Were Absolutely. you were you at my little debate? Uh, at, you yeah, you were there, weren't you? Or no, at, did you have to leave before my debate at the obesity the, at, week? I had to was, leave before your that debate. Was right. but you had to leave because I gave yeah. you the Docs Who Lift uh, shirt. Yeah. Yes, I did get a free shirt. So, in full disclosure <laughs> of the the the, <laughs> the media the the podcast appearance today, I took a free shirt. You should, you did, you should <laughs> that's have a free right, shirt. That's true. Without, so the big Sh- thing was it out. <laughs> I I I was debating because these medicines are so powerful. The, yeah. the focus should be on resistance training. So very cool. Yeah. That, that sounds like that's a, a big focus at your conference too. It was. So, well, tell, and that yeah, said, yeah, tell us, tell us about your, um, your history of lifting weights since you're a doc who lifts and you were just talking about some achievements you've, you've scored and, in, 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 uh, and proud of your strength. Um, mm-hmm. I know I was so doing, you know, we, we just got our new, uh, in, in my new clinic, my new company known well, um, we are, uh, a, a comprehensive care center for people with obesity, delivering both primary care and obesity treatment um, and metabolic health treatment, you know, to people with obesity and overweight. And uh, we have a new SICA scale in our office, which I love uh, the new SICA scale. And um, so I got to get on that and I was like impressed myself with 
my own accomplishments. And I was like, wow, that's so exciting. Cause you know, it, the number doesn't change on the scale a lot. And I get frustrated by that myself, even as an obesity medicine specialist. And I keep thinking, oh, you know, it's not moving. Right. And, mm -hmm. and it, it gets you a little down, but, but then you, you know, you, you see these numbers and you're just like, wow, that's, you know, that's why I do it. I've been lifting. So I've had obesity myself. I struggled with obesity mm -hmm. as I got older. Um, I have a family history of obesity and my whole family struggles. My, my brother is um, very heavy. He has severe obesity and he had that even as a child. And I did mm. not know that. I mean, at the time, I didn't yeah, sure. you know, really, I mean, I recognized he was getting, you know, teased at times and things like oh, that wow. when, when we were little, but you know, I obviously wasn't an obesity medicine physician, but yeah, but, so, but, it, but it registered with you. I mean, you knew something. Yeah. 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 And he really has struggled. And, and, and I, unfortunately, you know, didn't have issues till after I um, had kids and residency. It's always those right? kids. <laughs> Kids, I'm serious. I, I know. I, I survey everybody, and you know we have thousands of people. I mean, just kids. Uh -huh. It's so that's the number uh -huh. one answer. So, yeah. so I had a baby, and I, um, you know, went through residency. Right, that was a lot of. I think mm. you know, no sleep, stress. Mm. Right, yeah. we, back in the day, back in our days, um, and anyway, I um, started to gain weight, and I had you know issues with my weight, and started to get hypertension, and started to get uh, sleep apnea. Um, mm. Oh. And I said to myself, and, you know, I have a family history of diabetes, heart disease. Um, that's kind of my, you know, metabolic syndrome is my side of the, is my family you know, mm -hmm. curse there um, genetically. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I need to take my own like medicine, you know, the yeah. things that I help patients do every day. And, and, and I decided to take a hold of that. And I uh, started lifting as well as taking awesome. medication um, yeah. for weight management. Cause I was, riding my Peloton. I was doing all this stuff. I was, you know, following my various different yeah. meal plans and, and I just would get maybe 5% weight loss and then yeah. it would get stuck. Right. And yeah, you know, so, that's a great, it's a great example. Um, you know, we talk about that all the time because especially on social media, as I'm sure you see, especially with us, um, you know, whenever we share exciting results about some of these great new obesity medications, um, there, it always ends up uh, bringing out people going, whoa, no, no, you guys don't do anything about diet and exercise and all this other stuff. Right. And most of the time, and, and now we, you know, collectively certainly are, are specialists and the frontline primary care is, is somewhat different. There needs to be more lifestyle education on the front lines, I think, across the board from the beginning, family focused, all that stuff to, to address those issues. But people have always tried these things. That's the thing. It's not like people are coming to us after not trying some way, we're going to continue to help personalize their nutrition and exercise and, and all that stuff for their health. But my God, I mean, that's a perfect example of you knew exactly what to do and you were hammering it out. You were working hard on it and with modest results, yeah. certainly healthy, you know, because it's, right. it's more than just the weight as we talk about all the time. But, but then with the assistance of pharmacotherapy, you really responded well and have I did. now and are I lost, even better. Yes. And, yeah. and then I have these numbers down. Now I'm working on a little different thing, right? I'm working on more protein because I don't mm -hmm. actually, you know, eat enough protein for mm -hmm. the amount of, 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 of exercise that I'm doing. Yeah. And um, I have to give, you know, great credit to, um, uh, I started working out maybe like six or seven years ago at maybe even longer, probably even a little bit longer than that lifting um at uh, cincinnati functional fitness big shout out to them love them nice. and then i now i'm working with nicole cotnor on the training lab 
at the training lab in 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 Weston, Massachusetts. And you know, she's really helping us to um, design our exercise component too for Knownwell. Uh, so we are going to have. When did you start lifting? Exercise. When did you start lifting, though? Me? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, about ten years ago, maybe. Ten years ago, okay. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, so hardcore. I, meaning, I like, wanna... I would always, I would always do little things yeah. in the gym. Yeah. Can, or can we give an ad a girl? Because I have noticed over the years, yeah, just body composition changes. Yeah. That I, I, like I can, I can tell. <laughs> She's flexing for anybody who can't see. Yeah. Or is not watching. <laughs> we it, it, got to give an ad a girl because um, yeah, I know you're not supposed to like comment on people, when, but I know that you've been putting in the effort, and yeah. I can yeah. I can tell the changes. So strong yeah. work putting and in and most importantly, very literally, again, it's what's on the inside that counts, and you've made yourself even healthier with those efforts. Yeah, and that's really what you know. You do it because you want to be able to get up out of the chair when you're 85 yeah. without somebody helping you. That's what I always say. Fantastic. You know. Like cool. you get up off the ground if you fall down, right? You yeah. know, because that's really what it's all about. But Very it takes cool. a long time, right? Like I'm in the gym and I was doing 45 pound one arm dumbbell <laughs> presses on on my, you know, laying down, right? And uh, Nicole, my trainer, um, these two young guys came in after me and they were, you know, commenting on something. And Nicole's like, yeah, you know, she's my strongest, one of my strongest women, you know, in the gym. And they're like, oh yeah, really? You know, this is two 16 year old, 18 year old kids. Okay. And they're like, and they're like, you know, she's like, yeah, she just did 45 pounds, you know, one arm dumbbell presses on the ground. And sure enough, during their cycle, then the one kid, he normally did 35. He grabs. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm inspiring. You're, the young you're good. People. Good. 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 Show Very them. Very cool. It's young punks. Anyway. I, I want to know more about your new company. Yeah. Before we dive into the to, to the um the, oh, the conference, mm-hmm. but uh, why did you why did you start that? What was the impetus for this? You were I mean you were at weren't you at Harvard? Mass General, yeah, Harvard Medical School. Harvard. 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 I was at Cincinnati before that. I was in Minnesota before that. So you know I've really been in academic medicine my entire career, um, and really have and, and in systems, big systems of care. So in Minnesota, I was at Fairview, big um, accountable care organization, one of the first accountable care organizations in the country. Um, so really focused on quality and outcomes, and everybody working to the top of their licensure and team-based care, et cetera. You know that we were even doing back in. I did my first telemedicine visit back in like 2005. Um, that's how innovative we were, you know, with care delivery. Um, and so it was really sort of, you know, just always thinking about how we can advance delivery of care, right, and d- advance quality of care and advance outcomes for patients, you know, at the very end, and do it all in a cost effective manner. And that quadruple aim was something I've always been passionate about. And I've always taken that to each place I've gone to try to sort of, you know, sort of help change the system, right, make it better for mm-hmm. the patients that um, that need it, you know, and, and again, through insurance mechanism, right? I always felt strongly people should have insurance and then they should be able to use that insurance to access care. And for so long, you know, obesity care has been delivered in um, the private sector, so to speak, where people have to pay sort of extra for it. And that's because it's not well reimbursed, you know, right. in, in, in different models. So I've always been passionate about that. And um, during the pandemic, my co-founder, uh, Brooke Boyersky Pratt, she came to me as a patient with obesity, but also a very um, talented businesswoman. And she said, you know, I really would like to be able to find a, a primary care physician and an obesity medicine physician that would be aligned and, and help me with my one common goal, which is to, you know, achieve optimal health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is what she started looking for herself because she would move across the country with her job and she'd have to find an obesity specialist and wait like a year, you know, to mm-hmm. get in line. And then she'd have to try to find a primary care that was okay with her, to, that she didn't walk into and say, you know, 
I'm taking medication for obesity. And they'd say, what? You're doing what? Yeah. Like, I think you should just exercise. And, yeah, you know. that's classic. <clears throat> yeah. So, so she was trying to, you know, she would always have trouble, like, finding. And then also she tells this great story about how, you know, she would always launder her Harvard Business School T-shirt because um, she would wear it to her first appointment um, so that people would know she was educated and not oh, wow. um, uh, treat her differently because she's had boy, obesity since she was a kid. My God, though, I talk about getting into the, the stigma and bias stuff that, um, yeah, that maybe we'll have to talk about that next week when our consensus statement that you helped me uh, yes, with, yes. Uh, that's going to be published I have to present it next Thursday. Don't say too much. Last I know. God, I got in. I got in. Don't say I'm too not going to say anything. All I all I'm going to say is it's coming, and they are advertising it anyway, so I can advertise it. Yeah. So you can say no, it's public now. It's coming. Yeah. yeah. Once once the it's public, we'll embargo. do we'll do the yeah. It's it's God, good. So well, but that's listened. very important, right? And that's why we've created Knownwell was because yeah. we've recognized that patients um, a lot of times don't even seek care because they feel like even I've had patients even who've had surgery for obesity and they'll come in and see us, you know, when, you know, and I've been in the weight center and like, well, I was afraid to come back because I had gained weight back and I had failed, you know, my surgery. And I'm like, you didn't fail your surgery, you know, life happened. And this is what happens is weight comes on. I have hated that term for a long time. So I don't know what, uh, if we have a consensus on what, what we should all be saying. I like to say response. using the word response and did yeah. it respond to or had some or, whatever it is. Yeah, like, no, but it may, maybe even just had weight recurrence, right? Because well, that, that too. Yeah, that's what that, happens is the human yeah. body likes to gain weight. This is like yeah. what we're yeah. trying, you know, what we're sort yeah. of engineered to do. And we have to, yeah. especially in the world that we live in today. Yeah. And so we have to, you know, work to keep that from happening yeah. like every that's a, day. That's a great point. I'll try to remember that when I talk about this next week, because I, that term failure, when it's used, mm. that, that is a very stigmatizing thing. So that's why we created Knownwell because we're really passionate about also um, longitudinal care delivery of a chronic disease. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to do that when you have very siloed um, types of care, you know, uh, and in specialty centers. <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to create the, the brand you know, recognition of a, a place to come that will not be biased and stigmatizing, that will have, you know, chairs that you fit into mm-hmm. naturally um, and, um, you know, a, a, a welcoming environment that that meets you where you are to accomplish your goal, which might yeah. be just to keep your weight the same or it might be just to, you know, lose a little bit of weight or to improve your metabolic health, but not even focus mm-hmm. on your weight right. and the weight just be a side, you know, side item, you know. Yeah. Let awesome. me, so I'm a, you know, you know, I'm a entrepreneurial guy in the, in the weight loss space or obesity space mm-hmm. too. I'm the opposite. I, I, I love, yeah. My I like working is, for free and being a martyr a, like Spencer calls a, me. Well, that's time. what I did for 25 years. So I'm with dang. you. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I got yes. out. <laughs> Sucking wind. <laughs> got to get out of this. But I'm, I'm actually interested in the business model. So you, you yeah. have one clinic open right now. Yep. And where is that? In uh, Needham, Massachusetts, which is a suburb okay. right outside of Boston, the western suburb. I know there are trade secrets and whatever, but like you, you clearly are going to have to expand this, right? Yeah, so we're going to launch in Boston, and then you know we are venture capital and private equity uh, backed and funded, and as we raise our next round of um, um, next round of funding, um, that focus will be on expansion. You know, so we're essentially going to you know, prove the model out, you know, in this um, innovation lab that we have going right now, which is our clinic in, in Needham. And then uh, we'll expand across the country. We'll do, you know, we'll target to do, you know, at least 70% of our care via telemedicine. 
um, and then but have this in-person um, option yeah. for patients so that they can, you know, come get their their regular, you know, general health care. And they can also come and um, uh, get medications that might require an in-person appointment because yeah. some of our treatments, as you know, Too you know, we want to be able to affect the whole we want to be able to treat the whole spectrum. And until some of those laws change, potentially um, yeah. at this point in time, people have to be able to have a place yeah. they can come into. And, and as far as <clears throat> in, insurance coverage. Yep, we're going to take insurance, and it's, so because it's because um, it's, it's a lot of this is like kind of primary care model yep. with a. I mean, I yep. love it. I mean, that's to some There's degree a lot what of, I'd love to do in my my local system. But um, well, you could be very the, interesting. The Michigan known yeah. well, known well, Michigan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we might have, yeah, we might have to talk about. <laughs> well, yeah. that's what we're going to do, right? Is we're going to identify clinicians across the country that that want to be part of something like this, and and identify, um, you know, partnerships in, in local areas, whether that be a partnership with a, a, a payer partnership or an employer partnership or mm. an insurance or a um, health system partnership, right? Yeah. So in healthcare, we can, those are the different people we can kind of partner with to say, hey, we're here. And, and you know, and we can take all comers just from, you know, the internet, right? Or yeah. whatever. But, but mostly we want to work with uh, places that are looking for providing access, especially at a population health level, to people with obesity um, to make sure we um, work on on long-term outcomes and uh, managing cost at the same yeah. time. Very cool. That's, I, fran- I love it. Is love it a it. franchise thing or is it like- Nope, it's going to be an ownership. We're going to own the okay. clinic, much like say One Medical or yeah. um, Oak okay. Street or any of these other things that have cropped up over the time period in the past few years. Very cool. I love the vision. Yeah. I, as a primary care physician myself, that was my vision. I didn't yeah. go into internal medicine and then specialize like my brother because I, I maybe I was naive. I don't know. You have you're taking well, it and, and running with it. I but I but it. on the other hand, I it's the same vision that I have for again my local community hospital system because that's what we're going to try to build so i don't know we yeah we're going to definitely talk next week um, yeah very cool. you know because yeah maybe there is opportunity because that is exactly i think we need to empower like primary care doctors to be part of what we're doing yeah and so and, we're going to uh, build you know we're going to build increased access because we're going to have the infrastructure you know yeah. prior authorization all the all the other the lifestyle factors the exercise mm-hmm. component you know, we will have, um, or what we're going to call movement medicine mm-hmm. so that, you know, oh, love it. Nice. Love it. Are you going to have, a, are you going to have a gym connected? That's what we, we, uh, we've written our articles about including gyms. With a, yeah. Uh, so right now, I mean, certainly, um, uh, Nicole, the training lab is going to partner with us so people could go over to her gym. She has a gym. Um, okay. but, um, we're going to do some of it as you have done before, I think, um, online to have a, yeah. a, a mechanism for at least people to be able to be, uh, coached on that, you know, yeah. um, to keep up with what they're doing. Cause I find even myself, right. I mean, I don't, I mean, you guys are better than me. You guys just probably, you know, by nature, get up and start working out, but <laughs> I, um, necessarily, it's, hard, it's, it's different now, now. It's, with, it's with kids. Now. My, my whole life is way different than it used to be. Um, I, with kids, I, we find a way, but it's, it's different. I used to yes. lift five times a week. Now it's three times. A week. I used yes. to lift it's, six and maybe seven days a week for an hour and, and a half. It's now it's like an hour max now. So, right. And, so and to be what, honest, right? mine, so I, I'm like 30 minutes. Now. I have to have that time, right? I have to yeah. make that, I have to have an appointment, you know, yep. like on my calendar, you know, to like do it. That's just the way I am, yeah. right? And it helps my, me to be accountable. I think anybody listening should understand though, that my brother's myostatin gene was turned <laughs> off in utero. He had <laughs> rippling pecs in utero. He doesn't, oh, have to lift, he doesn't have to lift a weight and he'll be ripped and jacked. Oh my God. It's then not the rest actually of us. true, but yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Here I am. I just, happened, I just happened to be lifting weights when I was six years old. In utero. You had a and, dumbbell and, in utero. Yeah, you, you gave Trey a dumbbell when he was That's one. That's true. A little bitty That's true. rattle. Yeah. Angel, I, lo- I love the vision. Yeah, I think it's great. great. We'll have to talk a little bit more about that. Um, and I think you're, I, you know, with you at the helm there, you're, you guys are going to do great. Uh, well, that's the hope. But, and the, really, the real hope is so that people can feel comfortable coming somewhere. You know, we've yeah. already had people reach out to us that say things like, you know, I haven't been to the doctor in over 20 yep. years because I was stigmatized and, and, and I'm worried I have diabetes or I'm worried yeah. I have this X, Y, and Z. And, and I think, you know, just having access to people will also improve their outcomes. Yeah, access for people in a non-stigmatizing fashion will improve outcomes, even if it's not around um, improving their their weight, so to speak, as a yeah. as a number goes. Awesome. I like it. So, okay. So then you're also the president, though, of the OMA. Yes, I'm very honored to be able to serve that role in a you know volunteer fashion, right, for the next yeah. year here. That's the thing. And um, and what is is do you guys do two year terms or is it more than that? It seems so like we you only guys are do, president for a long time. It seems like. well, we only we used to be in the past, but now okay. we're only one year terms, oh. but. Um, I get the privilege of serving for 18 months because we've changed our structure a little bit. That oh. was one of the announcements we made at the meeting. We're, we're going to a yearly annual meeting type of format, which many yeah. organizations um, yeah. have. And so our <laughs> annual meeting will be in the spring. Okay. Um, so we oh. used to have just two sort of kind of yeah. two meetings a year, and they were just kind of like two meetings, right? Different yeah. places, and, and which is great too, but um, we're still going to have two meetings. But the one meeting is going to serve as our more annual meeting where we have a business you know, component and we have mm-hmm. our election results and we turn over the office, et cetera. And that'll be in the spring. It used to be okay. in the fall. So that's yeah. why I get to do another, you know, uh, another, yeah. another year oh, from now, cool. Perfect. April. And then we're going to still have our fall meeting, but we're going to call it our fall focused meeting. So this okay. would be good for your listeners too, because, um, you know, that fall focused meeting will be a little bit shorter meeting, like a weekendy type of mm-hmm. meeting, you know, like a Friday, Saturday, like half that. day, Sunday. Nice. And then that one will be focused on something, right? So it might be like, you know, obesity and um, mm. physical activity or obesity and, um, so, you know, so maybe we'll, we'll go with, the, we'll reach out to American College of Sports Medicine or something and see if they want to do a combined yeah you know, meeting or combined, you know, yeah. focused conference and then, or ACOG or, you know, or other ACE. type. Or ACE. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's you know, so great. we could do. Before um, I get fired. <laughs> we could do. Um, inevitable. It's yeah, not so, that far off. <laughs> yeah. So, but again, obesity and endocrinology, right? So the idea is to have yeah. some sort of, you know, obesity and cardiology. Um, yeah. So That's having awesome. that, so that we can get to have an excuse to get together, I guess, is my point, <laughs> you know, yeah. like with our colleagues, because we always, you know, it's not like we're, you know, against each other or anything. It's just that we yeah. just don't, people have their meetings that they go to. And so, yeah. you know, having a way to collaborate intentionally I yep. think we'll promote more collaboration. And, and I, like I think that. there's more desire for that these days than maybe used to be. There, uh, the political stuff in this drives me insane, which is why I've actually pulled away from some of it. But in general, I think everyone does want to do more collaboration. And yeah. I think, yeah. and we did, you know, last year. That's why you were there yeah, with the, me. The consensus and and thing, that's yeah. going to be a really cool thing. And we'll it continue is. to do so. And, and as, right. as long as those of us who want to do that are remain involved to some degree. I think that, yeah, that's definitely the future, which is good for everybody, especially patients when we're all working together. Yeah. I love it. Cool. All right. So this past meeting, what were the big highlights? Anything cool? Yeah. I think the big highlights, as we already mentioned, was, you know, looking at, first of all, we had um, 
uh, Liz Paul, one of our patient advocates with the OAC came and really gave a, an, a great opening discussion around stigma, you know, as you were oh, just cool. talking about stigma yeah. and bias and the consensus statement. Um, the, um, you know, she really gave us a nice overview of why it's important to keep patients first at the center of the work that we're doing um, and the struggles that she's had over the course of her lifetime, which are very similar to you know, what my co-founder talks about, you know, at Knownwell too. And so just recognizing that that's behind everything we do, I think really got, I had some great um, feedback from, uh, you know, colleagues in the, in the um, audience saying how great it was to sort of start off with that, you know, sort of passion around um, this is why we're here and why we're doing this and, and why we're talking about all these things. And then um, had a great, uh, you know, Ted Kyle was there again, talking about bias and stigma and people first language. Um, so a lot of focus on that, a lot of focus on, as we mentioned, sort of personalization of care and mm -hmm. uh, body composition and uh, BMI, you know, uh, Sylvia uh, um, gonson Boley, you know, one of our board members at OMA, uh, she's in practice in DC. She uh, talked, had a great talk about um, her approach to sort of um, personalizing care. She wrote a, a nice statement around uh, BMI and um, racial and ethnic differences, mm -hmm. you know, and how BMI is a hard, you know, there's a lot of, of criticism yeah. of BMI today. I think personally, it serves as a nice tool to screen people, you know, right? Yeah. Like at the higher end, it's, it's, it's yeah. clearly not questionable right. as much right. as it is sort of in the, in the middle or at yeah. the, mm -hmm. at the lower ends, right? We're really talking about things. And so, um, but she had this great, I loved it. I, see, it's nice that someone like myself, who's been practicing obesity medicine for 15 years, you know, I, I still get little things right out of the yeah. conference, even though, little you know, pearls. you think, yeah, because, yeah, you know, like you can, yeah. a lot of us. Or different perspectives things. too. You know, yeah, just, different perspectives. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely You know, she great. talks about this. Um, she, has, she has wrote a book, but she talks about this happy weight. Uh, you, you maybe should have her on. She's quite nice. She's quite nice. Yeah, I'd love know, to have her on. Uh, yeah. Quite good, good Break speaker. Break that down, Spencer. Yes. I don't Sylvia, even remember what she said. Sylvia Gonson Boley, B-O-L-L. Sylvia Gonson Boley. Maybe you can introduce us. <laughs> I yes, can't. we're, we're going to ask you after. So <laughs> Sylvia is amazing. So Sylvia, um, and I'm probably, I, I really do need to sit down with her and be like, okay, pronounce your name exactly so I can memorize <laughs> yeah. it. Um, as, so she talks about happy weight and healthy weight. Right. And I think that's very important to distinguish. Right. Which is sort of like, you know, happy weight is more of a, of a personal, you know, sort of decision. Right. And again, mm -hmm. we shouldn't have our happiness be around our weight. That's what right. she definitely talks about. But the idea that, you know, we're going to come to some understanding about what's what why you're doing this and what what it's about and, and what that outcome is going to be. And then healthy weight, you know, is more related to sort of, you know, what is going to make your disease is better, right? Yeah. So if you have fatty liver disease, we know from science that, you know, it takes greater than a 10 to 15% weight loss for that fatty liver disease to stay in remission or diabetes takes about a 20% weight loss, you know, for that disease to stay in remission. So again, you know, the idea is to sort of address these two things a little bit, you know, separately, right? And, and level yeah. set them so that we can reach a common um, personalized patient goal, you know, yeah. Awesome. That's great. Very kind of cool. sounds like Yoni Friedhoff's best weight. Exactly. It's very similar. Out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I always liked that from way back when. I mean, he, he, he coined that, I remember, a long time ago. I feel like, you know, from yeah. the early days. Cool. Anything yeah. else? What else? So body composition. Well, any? well but, the, oh, but we that, had... that could also lead into the statement, too, on the compounding, because you yeah. guys published yeah, that similar, you know, 
pretty close yeah, to the talked, meeting, right? Obesity pillars, we, right? We talked about the, yeah, so that was a big, I should say, that was a big highlight of the meeting was just discussing obesity pillars in our new journal and all the different clinical practice statements that have come out of it, right? And then um, also discussing um, at the meeting, you know, Kevin Hall was there as our keynote speaker and he, you know, the real focus too was on this idea of, of just again, getting back to the biology of, of weight management, right? And why it's so hard to lose weight and maintain that weight loss over time, mm-hmm. you know, right? Because mm-hmm. that's really the, another challenge is that maintenance. And yeah. um, lots yeah. of talk too, you would have loved the protein lecture, mm-hmm. I think. Who did I, that one? Yeah. So I, I should have the schedule up in front of me. Oh, I, don't, actually, don't worry. I actually did not, I don't, um, I didn't Aaron. know this person <laughs> before she spoke at the meeting. So okay. it also okay. brings up the point that there's so many, one thing I like about our meetings, different than other meetings, is people can put in, um, one of our things of our meetings is we have a call for proposals for our meeting. Okay. A lot of places just sort of pick people. Uh, yeah. You know, we were doing that recently for another meeting that we were planning, right? So like, you know, you pick who you want to speak, right? Versus yeah. in our case, we allow people to put forth proposals and hmm. we get, I think, a lot I more like people on the stage, right, That that, you know, that you you might not have met before or might not have seen before, um, yeah. and so again had a great lecture you know around um, emphasis on protein and and lots of even you know um, Carolyn uh, Frankavilla gave a nice presentation on um, she's one of our board members too as you might know and she gave a nice presentation on on uh, her experience with CrossFit because she's a CrossFit. Oh, cool. uh, level whatever instructor yeah. we should get garth <laughs> davis to come talk about protein he hates protein he had wrote a book all about how you know what we should do we should protein. get we should get alan and garth on at the same time <laughs> anyways that's <laughs> anyway that's all right all right he, do you know garth davis he's a bariatric surgeon he, we've had him on the podcast but he's a super vegan yeah yeah, so. yeah 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 he's, he's actually a really i mean we go back and forth awesome. on that right i mean no one's ever gonna that we we still don't have that even after that talk there's still not a you know good, good i mean it still is a questionable stuff. thing yeah. you know out there right but i do think it it had some nice and then like you said so one of the big highlights for me too is that we wrote this paper on um which also brought up our compounded semaglutide statement but we brought up the fact that um with our new highly effective aoms we had a panel on a highly effective aoms and you know again what we're talking about there is there are new medications that are now getting more like 15 to 20 percent weight loss mm-hmm. where our older medications as you know used to help people get more in the five to 10% range, right? And now that we're getting into these higher ranges, you know, we really have to focus on that body composition we, mm-hmm. and the protein piece because we don't want to, you know, just create a society where people right. stop eating and don't have enough energy to exercise. Just wither away. And become sarcopenic, right? And some weightlifting. Yeah, yeah, and some weightlifting, yeah, right? We actually, yeah, we just had a, our last podcast, I think that was this past week, yeah. was on that topic. We had a body composition expert go over um are we because we had already discussed the whole peter atia raising yeah. the red flags yeah. about the yeah, you know whatever and, I, and by the way i have to like respond to something else on that now but um but we talked about it and how it's not really as much of a red flag as what he makes it and so yeah. hopefully he's but not scaring still, people away but but we right still but the concept it. that you're talking about is yes we still need to address it and pay attention and people still need to lift weights and eat protein well, because yeah, if, was, we have, yeah. if we have these, you know, what we've clearly said to some of the pharmaceutical companies, you know, that are working in this space is you've got to help people because meaning, um, you know, if we have more broader coverage for anti-obesity pharmacotherapy, as we are hoping for, as mm-hmm. we try to fight for uh, with insurance, and as we get more access, you know, as more, we don't have a shortage constantly 
hopefully, you know, as people, you know, start to make more product, you know, we end up with um, more prescribing by people that might not be as comfortable with, you know, as we are with Mm -hmm. counseling patients. And we start to have this world where people just, you know, are are not as healthful in their, um, because it is, as you mentioned earlier, it's a combination of that lifestyle and um, pharmacotherapy. It's not just one or the other. Yeah. Great point. Well, so then, yeah, that brings up then, because for the past year, there have been these issues with compounding pharmacies and semaglutide, which is Ozempic or Wegovi, because we had shortages, but then the medical spas and the compounding pharmacies and the quackaroos, they took took advantage of it. And in our opinion, took advantage of patients who who were the vulnerable ones and, and, and expose them to this for money, by the way, for profit. So tell us about, so you guys, you were one of the authors, right? Yeah. As I, cause yes. I looked at it and, um, and you guys published a consensus a statement, statement mm-hmm. or at least some sort of uh, yep. professional statement on the compounding of semaglutide. I don't think that was, no, it's it was, a, it was, was com- it all compounding? compounding. Yeah, no, it was compounding, um, uh, peptides, right? Peptides, so that's the right. idea yeah. that okay. This is a different class of medication. I mean, we're, you know, we're all, we're, you know, we don't, there's, in my mind, at least personally and professionally, there's nothing against compounding something that's generic, right? You can buy, you know, generic bupropion and generic naltrexone. I mean, I can prescribe those separately as a clinician. Some, a compounding pharmacy can buy those from a certified FDA approved, FDA approved manufacturer right. very key that, that <laughs> manufactures words. those yep. two compounds and mm-hmm, then they literally mm-hmm. stick them together in one capsule that's what compounding mm-hmm. has all been about it's been very important to compound for years you know I don't know if you guys ever prescribed magic butt paste um but you know I feel like we should I, talk about magic butt paste I, yeah <laughs> I, 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 I for for, for kids. my baby I, yeah, I have baby. definitely not prescribed that I let the pediatric <laughs> stuff go to Spencer once I was done with med school I didn't I have seen no pediatric patients no but the compounders used to make this great concoction of like Maalox and I forget even what was Metamucil it was like this amazing concoction oh, that they put together and oh ben I know what you're like, talking about because that's the stuff Spencer puts on his butt Exactly. But it was for diaper rash. So these kids would get horrible diaper rash sometimes. I mean, I have been impressed with the amount of diaper. When I was, you know, doing more pediatrics, basic pediatrics, I mean, there's some bad diaper rash out there. You look at this stuff, you're like, that poor baby's butt, like, really hurt. Like, that Mm -hmm. looks really bad. Yeah, we've done that. we would get this magic butt paste in the compound. You know, someone had to make that, right? Someone had to put it Mm -hmm. together with these, you know, known ingredients that are, you know, and again, you're just sticking it on the outside of somebody's bottom, right? So my point is that Compounding has a place in 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 medical um, medical care delivery, but compounding these newer peptides uh, that are that are approaching on the market is not okay because um, you know the source product. What many clinicians don't understand because I had many people come up to me afterwards after, after mm-hmm. we did the panel saying I'm feeling pressured because like the people down the street, you know, my patients are coming in saying. I want this compounded thing and mm-hmm. cause, but the doctors down the street are giving it to them and I feel like I need to do something, you know, and that's horrible to feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, when first do no harm was the context of that statement yeah. that we wrote, because, you know, that's our oath is to not do any harm and taking a compounded peptide, they're not getting the source product from an FDA approved manufacturer. 
that source product that they're taking is is we don't know right. where it's coming who knows from. where it's coming. That's what I've always said. Like, and where the heck are they getting this? China. Well, I said, well, yeah, various different China. places. You know, you're, yeah. you're, China. You know, I'll remain nameless. But the point <laughs> is that um, you know they're getting this stuff, and in some cases, right, these compounded products are are powders that patients are being told to to reconstitute, and we know that that's not how these peptides are delivered. In even. their bathtub. Yeah. So it's like, it's like breaking bad, you know? Um, so the thing is, is that, you know, we, we can't tr trust that stuff. This is the largest, what I said at the conference is this is the largest uncontrolled, unconsented human experiment that we are doing in the I've country right now. I've never seen anything like this. That nobody is, nobody is, yeah. is keeping track of what's happening even. Yeah, like certainly. there could be mercury or lead, or there could Who knows? be plastic Who knows? in there. And yeah. these are compounds that cross the blood brain barrier. So mm -hmm. you're injecting something, and if it's actually going in there, that's these not good. These companies too. are making bank too, by yeah. the way. They and but I think Facebook I, ads. But isn't that isn't the hammer being laid down finally it is. now? Missouri, um, Missouri, Louisiana, some of these Mississippi, other places. I think, yeah, Mississippi, or somewhere, yeah. Maybe. But I think it's going to be laid down even greater by I think um, you know the the um, you know as the shortage. You know they can only do it because the drugs mm -hmm. are in shortage too. So that will change it a little bit too. And then I think, you know, hopefully there'll be more restrictions by the, by, you know, by different agencies to control some of it because it's not safe and it's not okay. And it just goes to show you that, you know, because of all the um, bias and stigma we've had around the disease treatment state, that people are really passionate about getting treatment, but they're trying to do it in a way that's not, like they should be marching on Capitol Hill instead right. of like going out and buying compounded medicine that people not... are desperate well and and, yeah, and, I mean, and to be I mean, fair though to to be fair fight. physicians <laughs> nurses all the every anyone involved should have better ethics <laughs> ethics and whatever to, well, but to the... i don't think they like i put the like med spas come on and they're, they're agree, selling the, it to random, but the other thing is know. a lot of people i was surprised by in our in our physician group that we have on social media that's you know um <laughs> Uh, you know, I was surprised by the yeah. number of clinicians um, that don't understand the pharmaceutical no. industry. The fact that these, they, they were saying, well, but it's semaglutide. I'm like, no, it's not, not the oh, real stuff because the real yeah. stuff is only made by one company yeah, and yeah. you know, they have to sell it to these people and they're not selling it yeah. to these people. So like so, some, some of the stuff that goes on in our little forum. So for anybody listening, we have this little forum on Facebook where we're all a bunch of obesity uh, clinicians are in uh, there of some version of that. Of some and, version, yeah, because yes, there's a lot. It, it can get a little interesting in there, but yeah. uh, Angela drops the hammer on them, and, yeah. and so do we. We we do. We try, but, although it's sometimes but then hard it's, to... it's futile. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, points, but. but that's why we well, made the statement because awesome. we really wanted to be able to come back. You know, like we were in this group and we keep sort of saying, yeah. you know, but hey, people, like it's not okay. And then now that we have like a consensus statement from a you know, a national organization, you know, not everybody, right? The state right. of Mississippi or whoever can use this statement and yeah. say, listen, this is a, a national association of obesity clinicians that are saying this is not okay. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> so at least we can just reference it now. Which, yeah, that you know, was what we our were hope just was. talking. Yeah. You know, yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Well, good. Well, yeah, I don't. Do you want to talk I, about Sermon 2? Well, I we, think, you know, kind of like, well, I mean, one minute just because it's in the news, right? So everyone's yeah. going to see the top line results. It was on NBC News last night. I think I watched it last night or the night before. I watched it on Lester Holt. You know, they act as though this is brand new, even though <laughs> it's been, again, Terzepatide approved as Monjero has been approved for 
uh, around a year now uh, yeah, for type two diabetes. People with type two diabetes have really obesity that's complicated by type two diabetes. So those studies for type two diabetes were all published, uh, you know, a lot of them in 2021. So it's been a couple of years now. The first big trial for those without type two diabetes, just obesity was published a year ago, uh, surmount one. This was surmount two, which again, it was two, was in people with obesity and type two diabetes. So they're making a big deal about it again, but actually the results are very consistent. Now this has not been published in a peer reviewed journal. I, my, my guess, I, I don't know exactly, but I suspect it's gonna be published around the time probably presented at the ADA meeting in, in June. But um, basically they, they, you know, they went up to the 10 and the 15 milligram dose of um, Mungero and um, terzepatide. The terzepatide. And I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, there was about a 13 point something percent weight loss in the 10 yes, milligram group, 15.7 percent in the 15 milligram group and about three uh, percent in the uh, in the placebo. placebo group. So just to compare that, one of the terzepatide trials in type 2 diabetes before was compared to semaglutide. Now, semaglutide one milligram in that. And those people had obesity and type 2 diabetes, by the way. And they had about six and a half percent weight loss with the semaglutide, eight and a half percent weight loss with a low dose of terzepatide, uh, five milligrams, and then 11 and 13 percent weight loss, respectively, uh, with the with the 10 and the 15. You know, so it's in the it's it's very consistent. Um, so to be honest, I I think we all know that this has the best um, efficacy for weight loss per se. It has very good glycemic benefits in those with type 2 diabetes. So they didn't really talk about that because this was the primary outcome was weight for this, but we'll, we'll see all the details when it's sure. published. And, uh, and, it, and for everyone listening, it, it, the numbers aren't as big as those who don't have type 2 diabetes because type 2 diabetes adds another layer of complexity to the biology of obesity, and it's just harder to lose weight. And in all the trials for everything we've ever had, uh, there's less weight loss for those so, with type 2 diabetes. Because I'm, I'm a little social media light. There are tons of people on, on uh, TikTok and Instagram going, Hey, but I thought you guys said it, it helps people lose 21% of yeah, their weight. So that's and I'm like, <laughs> that's yes, yes, it does. in those without type two diabetes yeah. on average. Now this one is 15 point, whatever, but to compare that they did step two trial. And you have the data for that? It's step two at 2.4 milligrams for, for, for the, those without for diabetes is around 15% total body weight. For, loss. for now, semaglutide you're talking but, about. Yes. Yeah. But for step, semaglutide yeah. step two, it was 9.6%, I think average. Right. So about yeah. 5% or so it's a, it's around that same thing. So no matter what trisepatide is looking more powerful uh, in all regards. So yeah. Yeah. this isn't, this isn't trying to trick people that yes, in those without type two diabetes, you will get more weight loss. Actually, you know, it'd be interesting to have uh, one of these physiologi uh, f physiologists on to go over the mechanism. One of the mechanisms is because if you have type two diabetes and you start losing weight, lowering your lowering your glycemia, um, you stop peeing out sugar. Yeah, that's, that's one that's of the true. mechanisms. Yeah. So you stop losing calories out. That's your a good point. That's that's a yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Uh, sympathetic nervous system is actually revved up in those with type mm -hmm. two diabetes. Yeah. So once you start improving that whole metabolic yeah. thing, actually you, you decrease that. So you're actually burning yes. fewer calories. There's a lot. It's kind of like when you, this. you know, when you're, you know, also like your muscles become more efficient. Yeah. Like the yeah. more yeah. You, and then you're like, you know, like I'm on my Peloton and the mm. instructor, Matt Wilpush is going, 
good, you were building more mitochondria so you could be more efficient. I'm like, I don't want to be more efficient. No, I want to be inefficient. Yes. So that's kind of the bottom line, you know, results for that. But once once it's published, we can talk more about it and do some pros and contrasts and whatnot. Yeah. Hey, Angel, thanks so much for coming on. Love the conversation and, and we should probably just have you on more often. Absolutely. We'll support, we'll support you and your new company. You know, we have um, some exciting things going on this year at the OMA, too. I'll just say it to wrap it up is that um, we're going to start a process by which we bring together all the stakeholders, payers and clinicians, et cetera. We announced this at the meeting um, to talk about um, unifying the prior authorization process Ooh, for medication. Nice, nice work. So yeah. we're going to spearhead that and, and start right. to like work on that. Um, Another opportunity the, for collaboration with all the organizations that have anything exactly, to do right? with it. So, yeah, yeah, happy. Awesome that's work. the idea is Good to bring deal. everybody together at a table and say, hey, you know, it comes out of, um, uh, they did this with the PCSK9 inhibitors mm-hmm. um, okay. and cardiology and lipids. So I think, you know, having a unified sort of process and form, you know, that you ask the right question, you know, that everybody asks the same question so that we're not like yeah. guessing what questions they want us to ask. And then they deny it and say, well, you didn't answer this question. I'm like, well, you didn't ask. <laughs> you know, I, should, so- I, should, I would love to be, you know, I'm kind of the representative for our, you know, the company sequence or yeah. the, the program sequence. I probably should talk to you a little bit more about being our little representative to, because this is, this is just a, yeah, a pain sure. area for everybody. Yeah, it's pain area. And the other big thing we announced is that we're going to start launch a new campaign called treat or refer campaign. So the idea that it's going to be like a website where patients for where um, clinicians can go in particular uh, to get more education on obesity. So free education on how Ooh, they like can that. treat obesity themselves. We're also going to partner with something called Project Echo. I don't know if you've heard of Project Echo, mm. but it's a national, it. international, I think it might even be, um, organization out of Mexico, out of uh, New Mexico, uh, University of New Mexico, I think. Um, and it, it's a federally funded slash, you know, research-based um, Robert Wood Johnson, that kind of, you know, stuff. Um, and they, this Echo Project is, the idea is to have these um, echoes, these meetings where uh, clinicians come together with um, specialists. So you have a specialist leading the discussion. Clinicians bring in cases, right? Mm-hmm. They they share cases, and then we talk about how we would treat those cases. Very cool. Um, in a and this is a standardized sort of format that they have. So we're going to launch that too as part of this uh, campaign to really nice. sort of say Very that no cool. longer is it okay just to ignore obesity. You know, just to say eat less, mm-hmm. exercise more. But you I know the you really need to treat it uh, comprehensively, no matter you know who you are, um, yeah. or cool. refer it to somebody who can. Yeah, I love it. Well, love and, it. and I'll see you in a week. Yes, so. less than a week. We look Very forward good. to it. <laughs> For anybody listening, if you enjoyed this podcast, give us a nice little review. Share this with a friend that you thought or think would uh, benefit from this. Thank you so much, Angela. It's been great. Thank you so much for having me. Here's our outro. This podcast is for entertainment and education and information purposes only. Remember, the physicians on this podcast are not your physician. It should not be considered professional or personalized medical advice. It should not be used to replace speaking with your physician or medical professional to discuss your specific health concerns. The topics discussed should not be used solely to diagnose or treat any condition. As a result, we are not responsible for any unwanted medical outcomes. The views and opinions discussed are of those of the host only and do not represent those of any other entities. Thank <laughs> you.